content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. And we are on parole. What, what? What, 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 what's parole? So basically like... Payroll? We're getting paid? You keep believing that, sweetie. Um, <laughs> so basically what... It is, is if we can avoid any Richard humor for this entire episode, then we will only have to do one more Weber show. If we end up making Richard humor, we have to do two more Weber shows. The challenge is yours. <laughs> And you say that, and immediately I'm like, in that opening line, there's two, there's two <laughs> jokes that I could make. Oh, we'll we'll see how we do. I mean, otherwise, you know, fuck you, Weber. Otherwise, it could be, it could, it could be okay. It could be something like, hey, you guys are sentenced to watching uh, Jeeves, and then you have to watch, I don't know, the Cats movie again. I mean. At least it's not Love Never Dies. I don't I, think we'll see anything I, worse than that. I was just about to say, at least it's not Love Never Dies. I, I don't think that anything worse than that exists. I think I can only watch that again in a blackout state. <laughs> just get blackout drunk and just watch it. And then the next morning, what happened? Oh, God. What's what's through the TV screen? It's like investigating a <laughs> crime scene in your own, your own home. You wake up. It's broken glass everywhere. You're bleeding, butt naked. <laughs> what did I do? And were there any witnesses? <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't my blood. Where's my wife? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's horrible. God. Anyway, so I don't think that you'll find very much Richard humor in this. I can make we'll Richard humor That's out of true. anything. <laughs> That's true. How long have you known me? Everything is a sexually this is true. Know. This is true. So I am a perverted, dirty little white boy. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty little white boy. Dirty boy. Dirty, dirty, dirty. 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 Anyway. <laughs> so today we're covering a musical based on the graphic novel memoir, Fun Home by Alison Bechtel, a lesbian cartoonist who you may know for the Bechtel test, which is basically can two women women have a conversation in media that doesn't revolve around a man. Um, but she also is more famous for all of her other comics and graphic novels. Uh, her first comic, Dykes to Watch Out For, ran from <laughs> 1983 to 2008. That's what it's called. Well, I mean, is it is it about dykes that are like have cracks in them that need to be repaired because they could they could rupture and spill? 
And uh, her graphic novel memoirs, <laughs> Fun Home, a family tragedy comic, and Are You My Mother, a dr- comic drama, both came out in 2006 and 2008, respectively. Um, <laughs> love how I just ignored it. Just ignoring it. Sometimes that's the only way to handle me. <laughs> See? 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 It's not easy. It's not. It's not. Oh, God. Okay. This is a challenge for both of us now. All right. So, without getting into spoilers for the story of Fun Home, uh, Fun Home the musical uh, is took about two or took about five years to adapt. Uh, the book and lyrics were written by Lisa Lisa Cron, and the music was written by Janine Tesori. Uh, early workshops took place at the Ojai Playwrights Conference in two thousand nine. I knew you would do that. <laughs> Uh, the staged workshop uh, took place at the Public Theater in New York City, which is where Judy Kuhn, who played uh, Pocahontas' singing voice in the Disney film, and Beth Malone, who was in an episode of Reno 911, and that's about the only thing, because I, I legit like looked up everything that she's been in, Beth Malone, because I was like, okay, he'll recognize, once I tell him Pocahontas' singing voice, he'll know that. Beth Malone. No, he won't know that. He won't know that. He won't. Reno 911. She was in an episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they joined the cast at this point and stayed through to the Broadway run. And then in 2012, another <clears throat> workshop took place at the Sundance Theater Lab. I'm not sure if it was the Utah Sundance Theater Lab or if it was one in like New York or L.A. or... Uh, somewhere else because there are theater labs uh, it, for Sundance in more places than just Utah. And I think that they even have one in Morocco now, which is cool. Hmm. Anyway, this isn't a Sundance podcast. Um, before another run at the Public Theater's uh, Theater Lab later in 2012. The final workshop for the show was on April 8th of 2013, with the official Broadway premiere being on October 12th, or October 22nd of that same year at the Public Theater, uh, after previews that began on September 30th. The run at the Public Theater extended several times. It was supposed to have originally closed on November 3rd, closing on January 12th, 2014. Uh, Not-so-fun fact, but also a... Fun fact, not so fun fact first, at one point, the College of Charleston had put the graphic novel of Fun Home as uh, reading material for freshmen coming into the college, and this angered the South Carolina legislature, who were like, they actually, like, condemned it. Well, Fun Home uh, had a concert performed, like, the cast performed a concert of the songs from the show at this college <laughs> just to sort of be like nice <laughs> and Bestel was at that performance uh, speaking of she was actually not involved in production but when she did see it she wrote a really wonderful comic that's still available on vulture.com called Allison Bestel draws a fun home coda and I highly suggest everyone check it out because I can't do it justice and also I don't want to spoil it for Warren so, because if I told you about the comic, then it would spoil the show. Oh, you're okay, Cooper. It's like I played, I played too hard. You're right. 
Yeah, did you play too hard? I'm yeah. dying. I need a cookie. No, you aren't dying. But you may need to get more water. You're kind of coughing, yeah. Yeah. Did you eat too much grass? I think you might have eaten too much grass. She's like, oh, you're both looking at me. I better stop coughing. <laughs> Don't have the Rona, sweetie. All right, so Fun Home opened on Broadway April 19th, 2015, closing in September of 2016. A U.S. tour began in October of 2016, and a limited run in Manila in the Philippines ran in November of 2016. This production featured Leia Salonga, whom I absolutely adore. The first regional production in the U.S. was performed in Burlington, Virginia in 2017, and this is actually where Bechdel wrote the graphic novel, and it's been performed at other regional theaters, including our very own Salt Lake Acting Company and the Victory Garden Theater, which is the production we're watching tonight. It was also translated for a Catalan audience, or into Catalan, for an audience in Spain. For the most part, this musical was well-received with high praise for the emotional honesty of the show. Again, I don't want to spoil too much about this show, but there is a lot of emotional stuff in it. Like, it's funny, Yay. but there are bits that are going to be like, ooh, punch to the heart, but also funny. Um, I love feeling. Yeah, you're going to feel a lot with this. And this musical is the first Broadway musical with a lesbian main character. Nice. So, yeah, it's awesome. It won the Tony for the Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, and Best Actor in 2015. And it's a Weber one? No, this is not Weber. Remember, oh, we're on parole. parole. <laughs> Sorry. We're watching something enjoyable because we're on parole. I've just, I, I put myself in the, like this trance of, okay, everything's going to be Weber. Everything's going to be Weber. All things are Weber. Weber's consumed all. Yep, nope. We're, remember, Lisa Cron, Janine Tesori, no Weber. There's no Weber here. He hasn't gotten his fingers into it. Like, into pies. What constitute, what constitutes Richard humor? Can I make jokes about other, <laughs> other things? Or is I it strictly no don't, Richard humor? I don't know. They didn't, they didn't make it clear. Is, is... They didn't make it clear on our parole. If they didn't make it clear, then I should be able to make jokes about fingers and pies. <laughs> God damn it. It's so hard not to be inappropriate. I feel like I'm working against myself. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. We're almost there. We're almost there to where we can watch the show. And then we can do Richard humor off mic and then we'll see. <laughs> so, all right. So a film adaptation is planned with Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which hell yeah, I would, I, I would enjoy that. So, um, like I said, the version we're seeing is Victory Garden Theater. They had a limited run uh, because of COVID where uh, you could buy tickets to see it online. Um, so this is just, you know, a good way of helping support that theater too during this period of time. And uh, if you're able to donate to Victory Garden Theater to help them out right now, then uh, that would be great. Um, I'll put in uh, their website in the episode description, but are you ready? 
Yes. All right. Let's go watch Fun Home. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kate. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer. And once again, donations will be doubled. Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Okay, babe, so what did you think about this one? I liked it. Um, I don't know if I had any Richard humor in this or not. Awesome. Uh, so, well, this is why I'm saying I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you just kind of went into a fugue that, state. <laughs> that's about right. We're watching the show, and I'm just kind of trying to keep up and type and make jokes as I do when we make our when we do our show. So I haven't. I don't know. I don't know what's contained in here. So. <laughs> oh God. If we accidentally <laughs> unleash some Richard humor, uh, that means that my brain is so programmed with it <laughs> that I can't not do it. So we shall see how this goes. Oh, Jesus. So before the show even starts, we see the promotional art and this cute young girl, or sorry, cute young woman, Kay immediately, deviously, and wickedly says to me, look at that kid. Look at that cute kid. It would be a shame if something were to happen to her. This, <laughs> this, this is why I have trouble sleeping at night, folks. So I'll make everybody feel better. Nothing happens to the little kid because this little kid is is a time traveler and is the the main person talking about the show but in small child form mm -hmm. and uh the main person who i mispronounced her name the entire intro and i am so sorry bechtel 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 i even practiced bechtel <laughs> hey hey names uh names are tricky so mm -hmm. i think uh, people just gotta gotta be i mean how many times have uh one of us had someone mess up our name so it's like yeah Oh, I still am amazed at the time that my name got spelled with a Q, so, you know. As in, like, K? As in, like, Q-U-E? No, it was, it was, <laughs> it was amazing, but <laughs> we'll continue. The show opens up with a lesbian carrying a box of, I can't tell, I have, okay, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're silent laughing. <laughs> The show opens with a lesbian carrying a box. I can tell. I have gaydar. Don't question me. That was the note. 
She places the box on a desk and starts going through it. I mean, it was... <laughs> I hate to say that she was stereotypically dressed as a yeah, lesbian. Yeah, no, she was... But she was stereotypically... Mm-hmm. She, okay, she was in plaid, she had very short hair, and that's all that I needed, so... <laughs> she was case type. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A well, little bit uh, my, well, I was going to say, is your type in that they're, they're cute, but a little bit butch? Yes, yes. A little bit butch. A little bit butch. <laughs> okay, so this is already off off to the races. She places the box on the desk and starts going through it. Nay, nay to that cake. She finds some keys and is like, holy shit, a memory! And she immediately starts to take notes. And while she's taking notes, the screen gets dark and a little girl comes out. And is st- and uh, starts singing about how she wants to be an airplane, or or play airplane, or ride on an airplane, something to that extent, something to do with airplanes. She wants to play airplane. Yeah, she wants to play airplane. Her father then comes in with a box of crap, and he's pil- that he's pilfered from various locations, and he starts to sing to his daughter about this Irish silk, and look at the pattern and the shine, and anyways, back to more of the crap in the box. He found a dead mouse, and his daughter is like dibs. <laughs> Okay, not sure if this kid is a future serial killer or not. Anyways, a silver lamp. Is is it silver or is it junk? Well, if it is silver, then it would be made of a precious metal, even if it was junk. So, like, you have this, the adult woman, and, like, it, it jumps back and forth in perspective a lot between mm-hmm. uh, this woman who is going through some just old family memorabilia. I'm not sure how to describe it. Uh, you know, and then she finds something that she remembers from her childhood. And so it's like, mm-hmm. then going back to when that that happened, you know? Yeah. And so the, the child version of her is going through a box of stuff that her dad found. And he's talking about going to junkyards and going to thrift shops. And his whole thing yeah. is he likes antiques. And he likes to find things that he can polish up or, or, yeah. re, or redo and, and make look pretty and so he's talking about the silver lamp and how this might be junk to some and I'm sitting here like if it's silver yeah it's not junk yeah some people don't want to put the time into taking off the tarnish and stuff so but I mean but it's silver true so, true so by it's big like saying if you found a golden lamp it's like mm-hmm. oh this is junk no it's gold <laughs> it's not sterling you know we're not stole sterling is silver it's not stainless steel mm-hmm. you know Okay, okay, I'm, I'm getting off on a rant. <laughs> Anyways, we cut back to the purple lesbian who's talking to her dead dad. Purple she's wearing She's wearing purple plaid. Which, I want that plaid. That was good looking. I want that plaid. I, I think I would plaid. look good in it. You probably would. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, uh, call me stereotypical, but I tend to, I tend to think you look good in, like, African patterns and, like, true, animal, animal true. Print. I look, I look the best in those, but I'm like, plaid might not be bad. Hey, that rhymes. Some plaid might not be bad. Forever plaid. What was that from? It's a musical. We'll cover it later. Oh. (laughs) Is it about lesbians? No. (laughs) Is it about lumberjacks? No. (laughs) Is it about lumberjack lesbians? Jesus Christ. That's all I know about plaid is that lumberjacks and lesbians like it. Oh, it has nothing to do with either. (laughs) Anyways. We cut back to the purple lesbian who's talking to her dead dad and being like, Can you believe that I draw cartoons of you, dad? She continues to sing about how she doesn't trust memories and she has to draw from real things that she finds. Uh, And so so that's kind of why she's going through this box of, you know, quote unquote, junk is because every time she finds something, it then 
goes back to a memory that's attached mm-hmm. to that thing, and that's kind of kind of how the show works. Uh, yeah. uh, there's, like I said, there's lots of jumping to the present with her reminiscing about the past, and it jumps between, we haven't gotten there yet, but it jumps between three key points in time. It jumps between when she's a child in uh, her childhood home, it jumps to when she's in college, mm-hmm. and then it also jumps to her as an adult. Yes. So and those, it's... those are the three time periods of this developing lesbian. Mm-hmm. We seem to have a shot of the past with no baby lesbian singing. I cannot read today more than normal, so I apologize. We seem to have a shot of the past with the baby lesbian singing with her father, who is singing the same song as her adult self. Then they play airplane. Then, as the little girl and her father are playing, the woman starts to be like, My dad loved me, I think, but he really loved his stuff. Dad liked stuffed more dad liked stuff more than his children. And then we see a sight then we see a sight of our main character, Allison, and it's her childhood home, and how when someone from the historical society wanted to come see the house full of old odd shit, the father and mother both lost their minds, having the children clean stuff up in a hurry to try and impress some mystery bitch who they didn't even know, but she's but she, but she's interested in dad's old stuff. So that's what's important. And so, like, they they talked about their house was kind of like a museum. Like, it had mm-hmm. all these old antique pieces of furniture and, and, and just other things that the father painstakingly, uh, and the mom, too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fixed up and stuff like that. And so this woman from the Historical Society wants to come see it, and the father is like, oh, oh, she's going to yeah. come to see this. Oh, and, and then the mom is like, okay, well, go put on your suit. Like, go get ready. Go shower. Like, kind of thing. Like, get ready to present yourself. And then they sing a song about having to clean everything in the house mm-hmm. and polish the silver and put this away and hang that up. And just, I would hate to live in a house like that. Yeah, I would just, same. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's not lots of cool stuff, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, I wouldn't want... At the drop of a hat, it's like, okay, we're having a stranger come over to look at Dad's uh, assortment be, of shit. I would be fine living in the house as long as no one was coming over. Right. If I didn't have to make it look presentable for a historical society, I'd be fine with it. But then again, I also have, like, this weird, mm, about historical societies, so... It kind of reminded me of that thing that we did a few weekends. Actually, it would have been a few months back at this point because yeah. of the whole COVID thing. Uh, but when we went to that artist's house, yes. his, 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 and so we went to this house in Salt Lake that, uh, was really cool. Um, but it, the house itself is like a living piece of artwork. Cause like there's all these mm-hmm. tiles in the walls that are handmade and like all those, mm-hmm. all this stuff everywhere. And, and he's constantly working on and it. He's constantly working on it. That's his thing. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But I just remember thinking about it. It's like, I would hate to live in a house where every weekend people were doing tours of your mm-hmm. fucking house. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, hell no, get out of my house. Yeah. I'm no, just, you ain't coming uh, in. Just, no. <laughs> okay. Okay, Warren, get back on track. Anyways, welcome to our house on Maple Avenue. See how we polish and shine. Welcome Meanwhile, to the kid. our house on Maple Avenue. Uh, I can't remember the rest of it. What Kay said. Yeah. And that song comes back later in, like, a really sad way. Like, yeah, this <laughs> this show kind of fucked me up for a little bit. <laughs> this show was good, but man, was it all over the place in terms of, like... Emotions. Yeah, like, in terms of emotion. One minute you'd be riding high, and then the next minute... 
boom. I think down. I think this show uh, definitely impacts you more if you are somewhere on the LGBTQ. If you're on the LGBTQ spectrum, and if you have dad issues, yes, yo, yeah, see, double whammy <laughs> for you. So. So they, after they do the whole welcome to our house on Maple Avenue, uh, meanwhile, the kids and wife are singing and the father is losing his mind with nervous worry. Oh, the important lady is here, Mrs. Bachner, except she's not there. The father just starts talking to the invisible woman, answering her invisible questions. It's Harvey. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you not know about Harvey the rabbit? Oh, after this, we're watching. Oh, my God. Six foot tall rabbit, invisible rabbit. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Is this a YouTube thing? No, this is a classic movie. Okay, oh. we're, we're watching this later, cause I can't, I can't believe we've gone this long and I haven't made you watch that. It's possible that I'm, I don't know, I don't know. It's so good. Anyway, continue it, with uh, yeah, you... Harvey Bachner. <laughs> Okay, and so while the the father is at, is uh, answering the invisible woman's questions, we find uh, we get the rev- the revelation that this home that they live in is also a funeral home, mm. and that's their little side business. Yeah, is, uh, tending to the dead. Uh, so that's a double creepy thing. That mm-hmm. Your home is also a funeral home. I would doubly not want to live there. There was a short period of time where I wanted to be a mortician, and. I say short because then I went, but then I have to deal with dead folks. <laughs> yeah, and grieving families and all that. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do either of those things. <laughs> what was the sh- Oh, oh, mortuary is just taxidermy on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except you don't put them in poses. Oh, God. You kind of do. Well, well, I, yeah, but I was thinking, like, when they do animal poses, you know, with taxidermy. <laughs> Like a bear mauling a deer. It's like, can you imagine human taxidermy like that? My uncle wants to be taxidermied, basically. Like, he wants the mortician to have them on his side in the coffin looking out. (laughs) 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 Now, that's a funeral I would go to. Yes. Well, that makes it sound like I don't go to funerals. Like... Funeral I would want to go to. That... Mama K and Uncle K both are just the same sort of sense of humor. Except Mama K wants to be planted as weed. Yes. Uncle K wants to be uh, embalmed on his side. <laughs> and like, the, is it like the Deadpool like sexy? Yes, yes. And the hey, hey. <laughs> okay, okay. So we've it's been revealed that the fun home is actually a. Uh, creepy funeral home museum mm-hmm. hybrid uh the strange a strange man walks in and says hello and the scene freezes as the, as the spotlight lingers on the the father and the newcomer and allison who takes a moment to fill in some exposition my father and i both grew up in the same town in pennsylvania and we were both gay and he killed himself and i became a lesbian cartoonist mm-hmm so like yeah, it when the show starts with well, not even start. I guess it's still in the first act, but like when it has that moment, and you just kind of are watching the rest of the show, knowing that that's mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been more powerful if we didn't know up front. Well, it's it's because I feel like you could have alluded to that. It's an adaptation of the graphic novel. 
And okay, I fair. think that it talks about that in the graphic novel. Yeah, like right away. And what's interesting is that Alison Bechtel had thought that it would be like this fluffy, like whitewashing of her novel when she went to see the show because again she had nothing to do with the creation of the show and then she's sitting there in the audience and just going oh this hurts because they kept it on us you know that has to be the most surreal experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go to a show that's about you and your work Mm -hmm. and and keeps it brutally honest like your work did. And like... then I had flashbacks to Jerry Springer when mm-hmm. him talking about seeing the opera, but this is totally different. And, but like... Yeah. I, I just made me think about that episode with the Jerry Springer opera he's talking about, that it was surreal and there's no... You can't talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, hey, you could talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so they made a, a thing about you too? And Yeah. Did, you, did your show have a three-nippled cousin fucker? <laughs> anyway. Jesus. Allison became a lesbian cartoonist instead of killing herself. I applaud your decision, Allison. That is a much better alternative. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel my heart extra goes out to people who uh, have that mm-hmm. that trouble. Because I already know what it's like to, to deal with the darkness without having, you know, sexual identity conflicts mm-hmm. on top of it. Yep. So I just, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. 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 Big, big psychic hugs. Big psychic hugs. Uh, anyways, the scene goes dark and we see medium Allison singing about her drawing, uh, singing about her drawing and how it's not too bad if she does say so herself. Oh, medium Allison is the college student mm-hmm. and she's getting a ghost call from her ghost dad who does, <laughs> who does give her some good advice. Since she's struggling to fit in with her peer groups, her father says, don't spend your time twisting yourself into knots for people who are not worthy of you. Good advice, Ghost Dad. Mm-hmm. Terrible movie. Good advice. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to make jokes yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. 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 The, uh, is it Bill Cosby? Yeah, and that movie's trash. And Sidney Poitier, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Put the bitch on the phone. <laughs> College Allison then sings about how she's going to spend four years reading books and drawing cartoons, and that's okay. Older Allison, in the back, is like, I had no idea what was about to happen. Then, it flashes back to a simpler time. Allison's dad, whose name is Bruce, is showing a casket to a client, who appears to have a stuffer to fill with it. We see some sparkles in Bruce's eyes as he, le- as he <laughs> and learn that his fellow, whose name is Pete, likely just lost his mother, even though they don't say. And Bruce seems to be trying to uh, get Pete to uh, come into the back room and talk about stuff. Anyways, Pete is like, no, I'm just going to go home. And Bruce takes his takes his rage out on his children who were hiding in the casket. Bruce was, <laughs> that were hiding in the casket Bruce was showing to Pete. The kids hop out and Bruce is like, don't do this. These boxes are for the dead only. <laughs> He then tells his children to clean for him and says, it's going to be a busy night. The kids find out that one of their that one of the newly lifeless people being serviced at their fun home is a classmate of theirs, is a classmate of one of the children who fell off a ladder and broke his neck. This is where I kind of identify with some people in, in the show when the kids then spend a minute or two speculating on how quickly you would die from a broken neck. Is it just crack? 
and you're dead? Or would your head be hanging off your neck for a while and you wouldn't be able to eat and that's how you'd die? Anyways, enough speculation about child death. The kids are busy recording a commercial for their family business. This is my favorite scene. It was a pretty good scene. Uh, Or I guess I should say favorite fun scene because there are scenes later that are my favorite scenes, but they hurt. But the kids start singing about the Bechdel Funeral Home, or the Fun Home, as they dub it. <laughs> then they do a Jackson 5 parody that I, I, that I do know, but I don't know the song, and Kay was losing it. What, what, what's... It wasn't... It, they just had made a song that was in the style of the Jackson 5, okay. so it wasn't an actual parody. But, oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> Sorry, I, again musically challenged no, you're even fine. on things that are super popular that I should know but the song Candy is that of the Jackson 5 Candy no Candy that Girl. is I thought that was the Jackson 5 that is new edition God with damn. Bobby Brown man I suck I believe oh shit yeah yes cause Candy Girl is Cause I thought that there's their some... send up to Jackson Five because New Edition was the '80s. Jackson Five had uh, A B C. Okay. PCS, one two hey, three. Hey, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. yeah. Candy Girl is because those two 80s. tunes, those two tunes are similar, mm-hmm. and well, they're similar to me. Well, they're, they're not... in the same style, so you're not okay off. Like they're they're in a similar style to each other. Okay. There's a little bit of a Motown revival going on like with this 80s kind of with new edition uh, anyway I, like i struggle to understand but my, no, ear, fine, my ears just break everything down into hey that sounds pretty good or meh not my thing so but yes i, I am i am uh uh not ashamed but uh a little concerned with myself that that's the part of the show that i identified with the most was the kids speculating about death it just means that you and I were made for each other. <laughs> that we're both fucked up and we can be fucked up together with our sweet dog who's sleeping over here next mm-hmm. to us and just looks, oh, she's so precious. Latte. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Latte. She's like, get back to your show, Dad. I want to play. The kids collapse from exhaustion after performing their song-musical-commercial combo. The lights fade, and Allison is called back to help her father (laughs) mangle a corpse. She hands him tools and turns away, not wanting to look at the body. After the scene, we see adult Allison sitting next to child Allison, who is writing in her journal (laughs) with the best line, Dad showed me a dead body today. I remember when my father showed me my first dead body. Showing me how to make them is surprisingly easy. (laughs) Wow, that... I know you turned your head away, but that looks really loud on the recording. (laughs) Anyways, the scene then jumps to college Allison, who is hanging around a door that says Gay Union, and another person walks up like, Hey, are you wanting to go in? And Allison is like, um, who? Me? Oh, oh, oh no, uh, uh, where's German class? Trying to cover her obvious interest in the the unionizing of the gay. (laughs) The friendly mystery person is like, oh, German is down the hall. And Allison says, danke. But as the mystery person enters the gay union room, Allison is like, oh god, 
Please don't let me be a lesbian. Please don't let me be a homosexual. <sighs> if you're at the point of asking to not be, you already are. Mm -hmm. I know I don't get the struggle, but I'll, I'll shut up now. I'm, I'm <laughs> so far out of my wheelhouse, I might as well be up a gay creek without a straight paddle. I think that joke was better in my head when I was writing it than when I read it out loud. But that's okay. You that's... were in a fugue state writing I, this. I think I was. <laughs> Especially because when we were... So, a little backdrop. When we were uh, watching this, Kay had rented it. And it was, you know, kind of like a special promotion thing that they were doing um, where the proceeds go to helping out-of-work actors with, with mm -hmm. what's going on right now. And so, the virtual ticket that we got... Like, when we were ready to watch it, we had to get a code, you know, and then put it in so that we could watch it. And they're like, you'll only be able to rewind to the beginning once. And mm -hmm. so I was like, I was like, Kay, you, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to pause if <laughs> yeah. I need you to pause since, since <laughs> I am me. And uh, so I think that there was a little bit of my brain being like, focus on the notes. Focus on the notes. <laughs> but also the show is funny. Oh, that's sad. Focus on the notes. <laughs> Okay, so up a gay creek without a straight paddle. <laughs> I actually like that in hindsight. I, I like that joke. Anyway, we see the kids helping their father plant a stolen plant from a neighbor's house. The mother, and that line was great too. They're like, you stole that. They're like, no one's lived there in five years. Like, yes. they're not, they're not going to miss it. The mother comes home with a bag of costumes from, the, from her theater stuff, and the kids get excited for costumes. Their excitement evaporates as Roy, who, uh, looks uh, a lot like Pete from the previous scene. But Pete was in glasses and not in a suit. <laughs> and Roy is in a tight-fitting shirt with jeans. So I can't be sure. But the way Bruce is eye-fucking Roy, I think they might be the same person. Anyways, so so they are. Uh, this person, Pete... They're played by the They're same. played by the same actor, and he plays a couple different roles. But... And, yeah, he seems to be there for Bruce to eye fuck. That seems to be his role in the show. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, the kids are super stoked to see Roy and immediately are like, Roy, Roy, hey, Roy, hey, 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 have you seen Herbie the Love Bug and other things that date this time period? Roy, <laughs> Roy is like, uh, no, but I'm going to go get my tools and I'll be back to help your dad with some stuff around the house. Roy exits stage left, pursued by three children. And... <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, I can make Shakespeare references. <laughs> I'm glad you love that joke, huh? Ah, Jesus Christ! Best Shakespearean death. <laughs> pursued by three children. Well, pursued by pursued, a bear. Yeah, pursued but... by exit stage left, pursued by a bear. Anyway, Roy exit stage left, pursued by three children, and the mother Helen is like. Who's that? Meaning Roy. Bruce is like, oh, that's Roy. I saw him at the lumberyard when he was helping Arnie. Arnie said, he was a good worker looking for more work. <laughs> wow, I'm so much better at doing Arnold impressions and that was a terrible one. <laughs> Fuck me. I, I, I got He was a good worker looking for more work. So Bruce hired him to help with hauling and other stuff. 
Helen is is Helen is inquiring more about the stranger. <laughs> Helen is inquiring more about the strange buff man that their that their husband that her husband hired. And Bruce is like, he was a student of mine a few years back. I wouldn't bring some dangerous bum to the house, Helen. And storms off to throw Roy the uh, to show Roy the uh, wallpaper in the house. And so anytime anything remotely gay is happening in the show with Bruce, he loses his mind. It's like a mm-hmm. moment. He, he is so uncomfortable with... Yeah, no, I cannot imagine being a gay man married mm-hmm. to a woman and having children yeah. and trying to, like, live that life while also being yeah. gay. I've I've known quite a few people who have gone through that. Uh... Like I said, psychic hugs, man. Mm-hmm. Psychic hugs. I uh, just... Yeah, it's... <sighs> Oof. Anyways, mm-hmm. Roy is taking a look at Bruce's study and is like, Have you read all those books? I couldn't imagine reading that much. Bruce is like, Yeah, I recall you being a bit of a dumb shit, but you've got that tight bod. I mean, yeah. You were not much of a reader, huh? Nope, Roy replies. But I read some good books in your class, Roy says with a slight flirt. Allison tries to tell her mom how much she likes her dad's boyfriend, and her mom is like, Hey, I'm busy practicing piano. Go away. Allison leaves because her mom snapped at her. Mm-hmm. Back at the study, Roy is unbuttoning his shirt and stretching out on the couch as Bruce hands him a glass of sherry. Roy and Bruce make eyes to one another and Roy is like, is that your wife playing piano? Bruce is like, don't worry about her. Unbutton your shirt. And Roy sings about how he knows this kind of married guy. Bruce and Roy get closer and the scene goes dark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It gets real dark after this, like, it gets real dark with the flings. It really does. Yeah. It it gets it gets pretty dark in some parts. Yeah. We see college Allison and her lesbian crush hanging out. She wants some posters for their gay union. Allison is drawing and her friend is like, You're really good and starts to ask about Allison. Who's that in this picture? Oh, your dad? That's cool. He looks fancy. Oh, your dad sends you books on top of your schoolwork? Your dad sends you a lesbian book? Your parents are cool with you being a lesbian? That's awesome! Allison gets frazzled and is like, I I don't know if my parents would be cool with it. I just found out myself. After Allison spills her story of self-discovery to her friend, we then have a scene with baby Allison arguing with her dad who is like, Dress like a girl. We're going to a party and all the other girls are going to be wearing their prettiest dresses. And if you want them to be, and if you don't want them to be talking about you behind your back, then go ahead and change. Or if mm-hmm. you want them to be talking about you behind your back, then go ahead and change. Meaning like, yeah, wear boy clothes or whatever. Uh, baby Allison is frozen with uncertainty. And we cut back to college Allison, who was hyped up that she came out of, that she came out to her parents as gay via mail but she feels powerful after doing it. Mm-hmm. So like that, 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 that note kind of got a little jumbled in that. So in that scene, uh, it's the same girl who was out front of the uh, mm-hmm. gay union building. Joan. Or, Joan. Yeah. That's right. I don't, re- I don't recall her name being revealed yet until that point, until later. It's but true. Anyway, but yeah, Joan. So Joan is, is in uh, Allison's dorm room and stuff. And, and uh, she's asking her to do some posters for the gay union stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she's just kind of probing around Allison's room. And what was the book? Colette. Colette. Your mm-hmm. dad sent you Colette? <laughs> and uh, I can't remember exactly the line that she says, 
but I know that it basically comes out to be, oh, it's cool. Your parents are are all right with you being gay. Yeah, kind of thing. And and uh, yeah. Um, Sorry, I need to turn on my heating pad because my back is hurting. The joys of being broken, reformed. I was gonna say that you could be reforged and remade. Allison's friend Joan is like, new lesbian, we're going to celebrate your coming out by going to a party. <laughs> Allison freaks out. No, 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 no. She explains that she's busy, which she's not. She mm-hmm. ultimately reveals that she doesn't think she'll fit in with the real lesbians, since Allison says the only thing she knows for sure is that she's asexual. Joan laughs and Allison is like, I am. Just because I'm not attracted to men doesn't mean I'm automatically attracted to women. Joan grabs Allison and kisses her. Then Allison kisses her back. Mm-hmm. Then the two bang. <laughs> In the dark, of course. It doesn't show it for you perverts. <laughs> Anyways, the next morning, Allison wakes up and is like a mix of nervous and excited. I can't believe this is happening. I've never been so overwhelmed by lust before. And then she sings a great song about changing her major to Joan. That song's so great. With a minor in kissing Joan. Mm-hmm. It's a great, yeah, like you said, it's a great song. It's one of my favorites. Just just how, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've been there before. I've been there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. We see adult Allison talking about how when she was in college, exploding into her new life... Her father killed himself four months after she came out of the closet. Rough. Mm -hmm. Anyways, while adult Allison is creeping on her memories of earlier years, baby Allison is hounding her mother for questions about her family's past, where they lived, where they grew up, and all that. She then goes to show her dad the different drawings she's made. Here's Beach Creek. Here's Germany. Here's the Keystone State. Here's me and my brothers in bubbles, because we're not born yet. Bruce is like, cool, cool drawing, kid, except it sucks. Let me show you how to make it not suck. And then now, and he... <laughs> this scene hurts. Her dad bothers so, me so much. Like, just, it's it's like... Yeah, yeah. I, I... It's one of those things that I shouldn't like this show because it's too relatable for me, but I like this show because it's relatable for me. Yeah, that's fair. Allison Ugh. gets upset that her father is trying to change her art style. Allison likes her cartoons, and her dad calls it a half-baked mess that will embarrass her in front of her class, mm-hmm. and stomps off like a pissy bitch. It's, because, like, she's she's got this compilation of things, you know, because mm-hmm. she's talking about it's family history, and it's going to be show and tell, and so she's showing, you know, her family came from Germany, and stuff, and, yeah. and here's where we moved to in America, and here's where my parents have lived, and stuff like that. And then her dad's like, no, you need to focus on one thing and then just do a lot of detail so that you can create some art. Mm-hmm. She's like, I like my cartoons. Yeah. And then he just gets, yeah, he just, like I said, he basically stomp- storms off saying like, if you want things to suck, then that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's what she says. If you want to embarrass yourself in front of your class with this mm-hmm. half baked mess. Yeah. Know? And then she does this whole, no, 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 come back. I liked it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, please come back, dad. Like, yeah, it just, Ugh, that scene. That scene fucked with me so bad. Uh, anyways, Allison's... It's a fun show for fun jokes. <laughs> That's why fun's in the name. It's a fun home. It's a home full of fun things Jesus. and fun times. Allison sings about drawing, her dad's way. And it's kind of sad, but uh, 
I don't know, it's just a transition scene to seeing her dad, Bruce, on his couch car, picking up a high schooler and offering him a ride home. And a beer. I guess he's got, I guess he got busted for this, because in the next scene, uh, he talks about how it's implied that he was arrested and for giving alcohol to a minor, mm -hmm. and baby Allison finds this out because she's watching TV. The Partridge Family. The Partridge Family. Thank you, Kay. And her dad turns it off because he doesn't like the show. Allison is like, why do you have a suit on? Are you going to Dansville to see a psychiatrist because you got arrested and they cut you a deal because you're a white guy and this is your first offense? <sighs> Bruce is like, holy shit, how did you know that? <laughs> Warren is condensing things so he <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to have Kay pause as much. Who's Kay? It's not important, Dad. Go see your psychiatrist. Oh. <laughs> if I would have read that better, it would have been so much better. fourth wall breaking with my own jokes so uh but yeah so so she's watching tv her dad comes in turns it off because he's just being a pissy bitch mm -hmm. and she and she makes fun of she's like why are you wearing a suit are you going to danesville and i guess that's like because they live in a small town mm -hmm. so i guess that's like the nearest larger town yeah I don't danville know. Is, has a psychiatric facility yeah and that's what she makes a comment of and then like she hits the nail right on the head mm -hmm. and her dad's like nerve like like he doesn't want to say anything mm -hmm. she's like well, why are you gonna go see a therapist and and he's basically because your dad's a, a bad person who does bad things mm -hmm. something to that extent yeah i can't quite recall exactly what he says but it's to that extent and then she goes and probes her mom about why dad's got to go see a psychologist mm -hmm. and oh well your dad got in some trouble and and yeah this is how he's gonna not be in trouble yeah this scene a lot of these scenes what? just imagine ow. being a gay man being forced by the court to go talk to mm -hmm. well his was also because he furnished alcohol to a minor being a 40 something year old yeah trying to pick trying up to... a high schooler mm -hmm. and giving him oh. mm -hmm. so it, it, it or maybe not 40 but you know compounded an adult year old uh, compounded complications yeah. so to speak about that situation uh but yeah, he does seem to like them young. Mm -hmm. Keeps going after the young guys. Mm -hmm. We then see a thing with uh, baby Allison cringing in fear as her parents fight and curse in the background. It's sad and it sucks. But then we get this odd upbeat song before we find out that uh, New York, where apparently they're staying... Kay wants to say something. So that scene, and I can explain this because of experience she kind of goes into a little bit of a fantasy that things are like the partridge family okay and not like what she has okay because that's what it was is like she's covering her ears and stuff and you can hear her parents fighting in the backgrounds and then it goes into like her watching tv and it's like yeah and the partridge family basically becomes her family and it's one of those scenes that i'm just like Ow, yeah. ow, 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 too close to home, you're like, ow, you're, ow, ow, You're ow. like, are you targeting me? <laughs> so, okay, so after the sad scene that sucks, uh, it then is really weird because all of a sudden the kids are in New York, where apparently they're staying somewhere while seeing the scenes, and going to shows and to the museum. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're at, like, an attic or something, but the kids have sleeping bags and not beds. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, adult Allison is surveying the scene and drawing as she narrates. 
the different stuff in the room. Bruce is trying to sneak out and get some midnight delight, but is caught by baby Allison, who is like, where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? Where are you going? And why? Is what the note says. Bruce tries to lie and says that he's going out for a newspaper and he sings his daughter to sleep. He's going out for a newspaper and a dick. Uh, And that was because they had looked out the window and seen a bunch of Navy sailors coming up onto the docks for shore leave. And that was what got his attention. Yep. Yep. Cut to College Allison, who is getting her reply about her coming out letter. It's very condescending and not reassuring to this young woman who is sensitive and vulnerable in a developmental time in her life. The letter from her father conveys that he's okay with it, but her mother is upset. Her father calls it experimenting, and Allison loses her shit, ranting to Joan about her father's out-of-touch take. Joan gives Allison a big embrace, and the scene changes to baby Allison and Bruce in a diner. Bruce is bitching about not having enough coffee, and tells Allison to go get the waitress. Baby Allison sees a delivery woman and old school butch as adult Allison's future yet past creeping voice exclaims. <laughs> That's the thing. She's always hanging around in the scenes, like commenting yeah. on what's happening. Baby Allison sings about this butch delivery woman. And it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not a coming out song, but it's this young girl who isn't, uh, she hasn't hit puberty yet, mm-hmm. but she sees something that, uh, resonates with her i guess yeah because you could tell like it's it's i guess it'd be like the equivalent of a little boy seeing like a a pretty woman you know even if he's not mm-hmm. hormonally interested he's yeah. just like, like captivated and she has that same thing she's yeah. captivated by this butch delivery woman <laughs> it's that first moment of the starts of a crush yeah yeah uh the scene transitions to college allison calling to talk to her family about her coming out letter Bruce keeps trying to deflect the conversation, and Allison says to put Mom on the phone. Then, <laughs> Helen is plastered, glass of wine in her hand, and uh-huh. proceeds to tell Allison she has the right to make her own mistakes and to not romanticize this path and other stuff. Before being jumped on by Allison, before she can get too far into her ang- angry rant, at her mother is informed by her mother that her father has been having affairs with men for their entire marriage. Mm-hmm. This bombshell messes with Allison, who is shaken and upset. Joan tries to comfort her by saying, Want to go to my room and smoke a joint? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I do, replies Allison, and the two rush off. And so it's like she calls up, you know, talk to her dad, and her dad's just kind of like, talking a mile a minute yeah. kind of thing and just deflecting dad are you are, are we going to talk about this and he's like mm-hmm. oh it's you know whatever you did you're doing your thing yeah it's fine anyway i got this thing going and the kind of thing she's like can i talk to mom kind of thing mm-hmm. and, oh your mom's very upset let me talk to mom and i just love the fact that you we just see the mom and she's just drunk you know because mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. just i think they're aren't they catholic do they talk about them being catholic i can't remember if they do or not okay for some reason in my head i thought that they were catholic and that was one of the reasons that the mom was not okay with her daughter being gay mm-hmm. but i but the reality is that she's you could be catholic or waspy either yeah. way <laughs> yeah and uh but her mom like i really didn't like the 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 trail of comments their mom was saying like mm-hmm. you have the right to make your own mistakes yeah you know, talking about being a lesbian kind of thing and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm yep 
Adult Allison is recounting to the audience about how, while she was leaping out of the closet to explore this new life of hers, she blocked out everything else that was happening at home. Bruce is losing his shit because his sons are not around to help him because they have jobs now, and he's angry at the sound of his wife's voice and that he's destroyed a painting because he just doesn't know why. I mean, we know why. He's a closeted gay man who feels trapped in his life. Mm-hmm. And that, that scene... That's a... We don't ever get any kind of indication that Bruce has ever struck like mm-hmm. any of his kids or his wife or anything, mm-hmm. but the way that he just explodes emotionally, yeah, yelling at people, like that, that does damage too mm-hmm. in a different way. Emotional abuse is still abuse, and it still leaves scars forever. Yeah, but like the way that because he, he's he's going through his toolbox, he's like, oh, where is you know so and so? Oh, he's probably at. You know, I can't remember the name they list. They're always working at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Or where's so-and-so? He's probably at the hardware store. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing like this. And, Fine, I'll do it myself, you know. Just being really upset. And then she's like, why are you so upset? Because I hate the sound of your voice. You're screeching. Yeah. Like, just snaps on his wife. Anyway, cut to college Allison coming home and uh, introducing her family to her girlfriend. Her mom is chill, and so is her dad. But he rushes off and out the door to get some supplies, but tells Allison that they should take a drive later so that they can catch up. Bruce rushes out the door, and Helen offers Joan and her daughter a glass of wine. Joan politely excuses herself to rest a bit, and Allison sits on the couch with her mom to catch up. She asks her mom how things have are going, and Helen breaks down, talking about how her father is ruining things. He bought some POS home... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I remember writing this and I laughed at it, so we're going to see if it's as good as I thought it was in my fugue state. Okay. <laughs> so Helen breaks down talking to her daughter, uh, telling her about how her father is ruining things. He bought some POS, burn it down, and rebuild it instead of fixer upper. <laughs> Allison mentioned she's been getting two, to th- two, three, sometimes four letters a week. Helen says that her father isn't eating or sleeping. He's just become a maniac working on that new project house. Helen tells Allison about the first time her father ever freaked out on her and how it was when they were going to visit an old army buddy of his, who she found out later was a former lover of her husband's. Helen then sings a reprise from the earlier scene, uh, when the kids were cleaning the house to get ready for the ghost bitch from the earlier scene, <laughs> except this song, she's singing all about Bruce and his gay lovers and how their marriage is ruined, I think. This is where the reprise of mm-hmm. Welcome to Our Home on Maple Avenue comes in. Yeah. And it's a very <sighs> sad scene. It is a dark reprise. And, yeah, and she's just talking about how all the times that her husband's had mm-hmm. affairs with men over the course of their marriage and Mm -hmm. yeah 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 but uh in that scene though where um she's telling uh allison the first time her that her father ever uh yelled at her they were in germany they had just gotten married and bruce was like oh let's go see this old army buddy of mine and as they were driving he just started yelling at her about how she's a stupid bitch who can't read a fucking map mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she's like, and I was shocked, you know, you're, he's never raised his voice and all of a sudden he's yelling at me. And then she says, I found out later that he was, he, he was a lover, that he was your, your father's lover at one point. Like, mm-hmm. I guess when they are in the army, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, 
I guess, uh, I guess if you're sneaking, being sneaky about it, you can probably, hopefully get away with it. Oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, that was a fun scene. Anyways, in the next scene, Bruce has charmed Joan into doing chores while he plays the piano and sings. Allison comes in and does a duet with her father on the piano, and Joan excuses herself to help Helen with dinner and give the two of them some time to talk. Allison asks her father if he knew what he was doing by sending her that gay book. What's it called? Colette. Colette. He says he doesn't know, but then space, the space-time continuum then breaks, and Bruce skips college Allison to talk directly to adult Allison and ask her if she's ready for that car ride. This scene. Yeah. This is the best scene in the whole show, and it hurts. Like, just from a music standpoint, this was the scene that made me go... Y'all are getting ready to try to push up on Sondheim a little bit with your <laughs> lyrics and music. Huh? Uh, it's an awkward car ride, to say the least, mm -hmm. with the two struggling to find the words to say. Bruce is like, I know a bar for people like, you know, do you want to go there? And Allison is like, I'm not 21. The two continue in silence for even longer until Bruce starts to talk about his first gay experience. In college, of course. Stereotypical, I know. But when Allison tries to share her experiences, her dad kind of zones out, mm -hmm. just repeating the name of his college boyfriend over and over again. The car ride ends and Allison is sad that it was not as uh, resolving of a conversation as she was hoping for. And, like, the whole thing she's talking about, oh, at the light, at yeah, the light, the light I'm going to talk to him. Say something. I'm going to... Yeah, it's it is a good song. It's so good, but it it, it is a good song, but it hurts because they talk about they, you know she's singing. There's these long stretches of silence, and at the light, I'll say something. At the light, I'll yeah, I'll ask him something. At the light, I'll do this, and then like she'd go to say something, and he might say something, mm -hmm. or she would be talking about something, and he would just kind of zone out and drift off. Yeah, um, and like she talks. The thing that kind of reminded me a little bit of Sondheimy lyrics is where she's talking about what they're passing and stuff power like that. Power and... line and uh, just the rhythmic way that she's singing it and stuff. I'm like, that's that's some that's some inspired by Sondheim shit. <laughs> Probably. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody gets inspired by those who came before. Mm -hmm. Which I wouldn't mind more from these two, from uh, Lisa Crone and Janine Tesori. I wouldn't either, because I was really impressed with the show. Like, yeah. It, it was really, really good. Give me more. I mean, granted, the subject material, like I said, is out of my wheelhouse, mm -hmm. but it was still a good show. Yeah. Allison is going through letters from her father on this, the eve of his suicide, and she is panicking and reeling from trying to understand what her father was thinking. Mm -hmm. She starts to wonder if he if she was part of why he did it, or if she had nothing to do with it. Bruce then sings about how he loves beginnings, but as you get older, it's harder to start new beginnings. And then he sings about this dilapidated house that he's bought to fix up, and all the shit that's wrong with it. Uh, with this ugly fucked up home but when the light hits it just right it reveals the beauty of its potential at the end of the song Bruce starts to collapse in on himself saying he's scared and he doesn't know what he should do when we get a flashing of a light and what we think is supposed to be a truck horn mm -hmm. so because it we find out that the way he killed himself was he threw himself in front of a truck yeah just stepped in front, just of, stepped a in front of a truck and in an earlier scene when Allison was having that glass of wine with her mom and her mom's kind of 
venting to her daughter about everything that's going on. She talks about, you know, he's not eating, he's not sleeping. I'll walk into a room and he'll just be standing there, like, staring at nothing. Mm -hmm. And over the course of this song, with Bruce losing his mind, basically, we kind of get... I, I we kind of get the implication that he didn't intentionally commit suicide. Yeah, that he's in this this fractured mental state, and mm-hmm. he just found himself standing in the road, mm-hmm. and he and they basically like he realized he was in the middle of the road right as the truck was mm-hmm. gonna hit him. So it's like he was just because he's so emotionally distraught and he's not eating and he's not sleeping. He's in these. He's in a fugue state yeah, yeah. a little bit. And that's kind of how he, he died. The um, staging of these scenes was really cool, though, because with each... Because it's, it's like he's saying these letters to Allison as, as he does. He's stepping in these squares of light, almost like a comic panel. I did... Oh, uh, that is so good. I did not yeah. catch that. I <laughs> yeah. did not catch that. That is so good. Um. One thing I thought was interesting is when they did the the truck horn, I'm pretty sure they were violins, but they just mm-hmm. had, like, all the violins go, like, yep. to make it sound like, oh, wow, that's a spike, uh, <laughs> to make it sound like the truck horn, you mm-hmm. know, and they did do a, a, a bright flash of light to be, like, the, the lights from the truck, but it's, yeah, it's such an interesting song. Like, I don't want to dwell on the song too much, because it's sad, but, like, it's so good, because yeah. it's really revealing of Bruce, too, because he's... You know, he's singing about how he loves to start you know, new beginnings and stuff, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to finish a project because you mm-hmm. want to start something new. But as you get older, you know, you can't start things as easily as you could when you were younger. And, yeah. And when he's talking about this home, and it's almost like, it's really... Okay, you can tell me if I'm thinking, if I'm looking too much into it, mm-hmm. but I got the feeling that when he was talking about the house and fixing it up, he was also talking about fixing himself. I think he was too. Yeah. I, I kind of got that feeling as well. Yeah, I got that feeling that he, he intentionally went after this horribly dilapidated home mm-hmm. because he's like, if I can fix this, then I can somehow fix myself. If I can yeah. transform this, I can transform myself. Mm-hmm. That's at least what I picked up out of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Adult Allison, who I realize has gone by Al for a while, and I have not adapted that in my notes. Anyways, Al is going over all the memories she had of her dad and going over memories of him, she settles on what she says was a rare moment of physical contact. Baby Allison then comes out, and we see college Allison as well on the opposite end of the stage, and they sing about wanting to play airplane. I thought it would be something sweet like an embrace or some normal parental love like that, but no, it's playing airplane. Uh-huh. I guess that can work in place of a hug. Anyways. Like I said, this hit too close to home. Anyways, this scene is full of childlike innocence and whimsy as baby Allison sings about being an airplane and seeing all of Pennsylvania and flying up so high. The scene concludes with baby Allison standing on a chair pretending to be an airplane, college Allison laying on her bed drawing, and adult Al on the floor like a child over with her sketch pad in front of her. She says every so often there would be a rare moment of balance where I would soar above him. That's the last line that we have, and then it fades to back and roll, fades to black and rolls credits. So yep. every so often, there would be a rare moment of balance where I would soar above him, and she's referring to airplane. Mm-hmm. So it's there's kind of a lot to unpack in that line because yeah. she's saying that at least I feel like she's saying that uh, 
her life was wildly unbalanced, which it was. She mm-hmm. had a manic father. Yep. Who was dealing with his own issues and seemed to be really good at taking it out on everybody around him. Mm-hmm. But when they would have this father-daughter moment of playing airplane, she felt like there was, you know, balance in her life. and mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a weird line to me that she felt like there was balance when she would soar above him. And I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know how to read into that. Or, or <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's almost <laughs> like a, those are the moments when she was what he kept building her up to be, maybe. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Her, her father does give her some really good praise in some scenes, saying, like, mm-hmm. you have the potential to be truly great. Yeah. He, you know, says some nice things about her, but that at the same time... He basically would say, you have the potential to be truly great, so quit being so fucking it was, awful. It was a lot like, of backhanded compliments. A lot compliments. of backhanded... Yeah, exactly. A lot of backhanded compliments and just... Yeah, this show, I liked it. I liked it, but it also hurt, even though I don't have those same struggles to draw upon and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I identify with this. The most I identified with was... Children speculating over how long it would take someone to die of a broken neck after falling off a ladder, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that I will say for the show that maybe you liked but kind of bugged me a little bit mm-hmm. was the constant jumping around in time periods. Yeah. Because it made it kind of hard. I don't know. And, and maybe that is... Maybe that makes more sense for Allison. Mm-hmm. Um and the creator mm-hmm. just because i mean that's that's fair that's how memories can work you know they yeah. can jump all over the the time span and if you're going through a box of old memorabilia mm-hmm. and every time you pull something out oh this reminds me of when i was 10 oh this reminds me of when i was in college oh this reminds me of yeah and that's what it felt like to me is like going through a box in the shed after you've gone past the gunny sack with bones in it. <laughs> going through stuff in the shed and you find stuff from when you were a kid, stuff from when you were in high school, all of that. Like, it, it's not... No, your memories are going to jog at different ways, and so I think it was a great way of doing that. I don't know if it would, like... I'm kind of wondering how a film adaptation will work with this, if they'll go a little bit more... Because you could do that with film, but, like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, though I'm excited to see Jake Gyllenhaal as the dad. Wait, so they are doing a film adaptation? Yes, and Jake Gyllenhaal's going to be the dad. He'll do a good job. I think the best way that you could do it is more of the show-don't-tell mm-hmm. kind of mentality of, like, show it and show everything happening, but don't necessarily have Allison be like narrating over the top of it i don't i don't then again i don't know but like i guess this could be summed up as the the pace of the musical is a lot like if you were cleaning out a shed yeah the way you said that like Mm -hmm. you come across different pieces that remind you of different points in your life yeah and then it would jump to you know the memory associated with that item and as far as i know that's how the book is structured too like they basically did a very faithful adaptation to the book which isn't what allison was expecting because she was just expecting oh this is going to be some fluffy shit and then (laughs) like i i started reading through the comic that she did in response to the musical and then i was like oh i've got to save this for later because i am not ready for this (laughs) but it was 
Yeah, it it's for me I feel like this was an example of using theater to pull out emotion more than anything else. Like it was to tell a story, but the linearness of the story took a backseat to the emotions that came from the story. No, and that's 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 uh I think it's very accurate and it makes sense when you approach it from the standpoint of going through a box of memories, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what it is. Memories are tied to emotions. So it's yeah. like it would oh I found this thing. This reminds me of a shitty experience. Oh I found this thing. This reminds me of a good experience. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, because <sighs> unless unless you are my well no, my grandfather when packing stuff up, while everything was labeled, it wasn't necessarily in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> Because there was the box of Lysol that we found that I was like, why is this next to these things, Papa? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I feel like, because of the way that they wrote it, it works. I feel like if this had been, like, say, for example, if Weber had done something like this and tried to go out of chronological order, I don't think he could do it. <laughs> I feel like... Probably not. I feel like that is one of the strengths that these two had and why I really want to see more from them. Because they played around with time and that makes that moment when time kind of collides where the past and the future, or past and the present end up meeting with Allison, that makes it more of a oh, like it, it's it's a heavy it's a heavy scene because she is actually experiencing that car ride instead of it being her remembering Yeah, her through, college self. Yeah, her college self it's her as the adult which, oh. Yeah. Oh, I got actually got a little bit of chills when you're talking about that. Uh, but yeah, it, it it it's a good show and it's definitely worth yeah worth a, a watch or a listen. Yes, um, I don't know if I would do it any again anytime soon just because of the emotional. It's heavy. It's too heavy to watch multiple times. <laughs> yeah, it. I was actually telling Kay this too. It kind of reminded me of a more so with Rent. Mm-hmm. how you are covering this wide cast of characters. This kind of reminds me if they had like an artist friend and it was just about the uh, artist. Just about this. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it very much has, uh, well, I mean, except there's no AIDS in this, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know. I feel like it reminds me of Rent and I feel like it should remind me of Rent more than just because gays are in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why my brain keeps going like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Rent. Because it's a little experimental. Um, and like... Your 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 set for rent isn't necessarily elaborate. It's not a very changing set, and that's kind of the case with this. Like there are set pieces that come in and off or come off and on, but that's not. Yeah, the set doesn't really change yeah, at all. It doesn't really ever change, and so they tend to because it's it's memories you know because mm-hmm. allison is like in it's, i don't know if she's in her kitchen going through a box or what but she's she's in her studio drawing okay because she's working on the fun home comic gotcha is what gotcha. she's working on 
But because um, mostly they 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 use a lot of spotlights, you know, because like it'll be her doing this, and then the spotlight mm-hmm. will go off of her, and so she's in darkness, and then it'll focus on this, or the light on her will dim, and mm-hmm. then it'll get brighter on the people who are in the foreground because that's the memory that we're focusing yeah. on. Yeah, like, it's just the the staging and the lighting for this was really really good. Mm-hmm. Like just. Oh, man. It was just good. I think I can think of a thing that it does remind me of Rent a little bit, is that in Rent, our main focus really is on Mark Cohen, who is, like, maybe not our main focus, but our audience surrogate is Mark Cohen, who is documenting this year that's going on for his film. And then by the end, we've got, he has his film finished. And with this, we're watching her go through the memories to create this comic. So it's kind it's similar but a different approach to time than cuz like rent is still linear. But I don't know. It's I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to bring about a more than just because gays. <laughs> <laughs> because gays and there's a because gays and there's a black lesbian with Joan or Joanne. <laughs> Which... Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maybe that's one reason that my brain is is thinking of that. Is an attractive black lesbian named Joan or Joanne. Mm-hmm. So I I uh, I don't think I made any. I don't think you did either. I I know I mentioned a dick at one point, but so not know. really a dick joke. Like yeah, I. So I'm I'm actually quite surprised. I'm impressed. Um. I feel dirty. I feel dirty not not making Richard humor. I know, I know, but... I feel like I've betrayed myself. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. I don't know if we're going to be stuck with another Weber show or not after this one that's coming up, but it's it's hopefully our last show of the sentence. Fuck the courts. I mean... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of was that video that I showed you with the the belligerent old white lady. Oh, my God. That arguing, was so... <laughs> arguing with the cop. He's trying to give her a ticket. I don't think I deserve that. And he's like, you're under arrest. No, I'm not. If it was only... delightful watching her get tased. If only I could do that in court. I don't think I deserve this, Your Honor. <laughs> well, this next one... I'm kind of ex- I pronounce you guilty. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I deserve to be guilty. <laughs> Sorry, I keep ruining what you're trying to say. So, this next one is rarity. It's a Weber rarity. It's one that I actually kind of like the music for. But, you know, thanks to Weber doing his show Must Go On, we actually were able to see this one. And I'm excited about it because we're going to be seeing one of Weber's flops by Jeeves. So Jeeves wrote it? It's, you said it's by Jeeves. So Jeeves wrote it, right? Is it a Weber flop or is it Jeeves flop? Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third and I don't care. <laughs> what? I said I don't care. Oh, he's our shortstop. That's actually the edited version of it that we did at a show once, because Utah, 
Much like this in volatile my in volatile market, only stable investment is corn. <laughs> but yes, next episode we'll be talking about G or by Jeeves, which used to be called Jeeves, but now it's by Jeeves. By Jeeves. So. Thank you all for listening to this latest episode. Um, like we said last week, there are masks available on Tee Public, um, and I'm trying to get some more designs put up on there as well as the ones on our uh, regular website, uh, tonedefmusical.com, which where has you, a shop where you can find links to all of our wonderful social medias, as well as the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have. Uh, our own not safe for work channel there. Yeah, so you can <laughs> pop in, say hello, uh, yep. argue with me about how I don't know things, and I'll be like, "Yeah, you're totally right." Uh, See pictures of our dog. That happens too. Yes. Um, and let's see what else. Um, and uh, I'm gonna be posting a link to Victory Garden Theater's donation stuff on our Twitter as well as in the product description so that you can product description Jesus <laughs> episode description uh, so that if you want to donate and help out Victory Gardens Theater who uh, were amazing enough to allow uh, people to see this show um, if you want to help them out during COVID because hate to say it it's going to be a while before theaters are open again so you know it, it's help them out during this time because even if they do try to reopen now i'm a little concerned about some of our local ones because they've been holding auditions lately and i'm like it's not time y'all <laughs> there is no war in boston say i ain't going to a theater i ain't sitting next to someone who might cough on me and give me the rona and then i'd die there is no war in hell no i know that you're doing an avatar reference but really i i am concerned <laughs> You've been living peacefully in the city for the last few months. Hey, I'm sure somebody listening is going, <laughs> I think Warren is the best for making that reference. <laughs> you are, but still, at the same time, just like, ah. Anyway, um, again, please uh, check out our website, tonedefmusical.com. Uh, if you want to help out the show, you can leave a review on Podchaser or iTunes. Podchaser's amazing, y'all, by the way, because not only can you review, like, the show and you can do multiple reviews for shows, you can review episodes. Yep, specific episodes. Yeah. If there's something that you particularly like or something. No, and you can, cool. you can have, like, conversations in the reviews, and they count as reviews. Like, they are review reviews. Reviews. <laughs> um but uh just uh what am i trying to say i love you guys we love you we love you guys thanks we, for coming back week after week listening yep, to us yep thank you so much um i think that'll be it for this week though i think so so i'm Kay. i'm warren this has been tone death Yeah.